I managed a club that was closed during COVID for six months and <laughs> that was it. <laughs> Desperate times, mate. <laughs> Yep, a little can of uh, of gin, gin tea. Oh, premix. Oh yeah, <coughs> M and S. Yeah, I M and S. I went to see the men's singers at the weekend and uh, train journey. Well, he's left over. Yeah, train journey home. Yeah, uh, I bought three and only managed to get through two. Back to Brian. All right. One. Yeah, stuck one in the fridge and here we are. What a treat! I once did four on the way up to London, not oh. realizing how strong they were, and I was, just, I was so <laughs> pissed by the time I got there. It's classic, isn't it? Oh, I really—I thought they were like four. I thought they were four percenters, little little numbers. No, no, no. They're always a double. Right. One. And, um, what did you have? I normally go pina colada and a. Oh, I think I had. A, do they a do a ponsal martini? Because I feel like I oh, would yeah. have got that the gold one. Yeah, maybe a ponsal martini and a mojito. <laughs> Ollie, how are you, man? Good to see you. Welcome to the show, Ollie Catchbar. Hello, Ollie. Hello, mate. How are we doing? Hello. Yo. Yeah, all right. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Uh... Thanks for coming on. No worries. Yeah, no thank worries. you. You're actually, we're recording on the day that the first one went live on, well, I was going to say Spotify, but on all the uh, podcast platforms. So thanks so for being listen on to that. this momentous day. I listened to that because that was Chris's one, right? It was, yeah. yeah. And it reminded me, because I know exactly what show he's talking about, and I'm obviously not going to mention who it was or what show because he <laughs> Just didn't. Just a punk band <laughs> in a church. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember turning up to a show that I'd organised there at the church and not been told about any of this bar stuff or like the yeah. bar having to be organized. And then I'm not even going to say who was the person who was working for us there. Turned around to me and looked, looked at me and said, Ollie, you can now look after the bar and sort out the bar and the bar stuff. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Did Chris not tell you? It's like, obviously Chris didn't tell me because he knows it's my <laughs> show there. So <laughs> Wait, so what was it? Sorry, what's the thing with the bars? There isn't one. There isn't one. Yeah, yeah. Isn't one, yeah. You have to set up the whole bar, get the, get the beer in, float staff, sort all that shit out. And I was like, well, I don't know what I'm doing with this. So oh, I, like, but I thought you couldn't have alcohol at yours, Chris. Did they cap. change it? It's smaller cap. So if you like, um, if you do under 500 people, um, you can do a bar. Oh, I see. So did you have to go and get, um, did you have to go and sort out a bar there and there? Yeah, yeah, she had to go down to, what's it called, Cash and Carry, and uh, fill up a fill up a Luton full of beer. Did you? Fill it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, did you, what did you go for, Ollie? Skull, hundred percent skull. <laughs> That's what I can't remember. It was long. Yeah. It was such a pain in the ass that stuff. Um, yeah. But you know, here we are. Um, yeah. So, uh, Ollie, we always like to start with the episode of uh, a little bit of an icebreaker as to how you ended up getting in the music industry and giving us a bit of background as to as to yourself and yeah, how it all came about, what you started off doing, and where you are now. If you could, uh, if you could take us through that, that'd be great. Yeah, so I guess I started um, just out of uni. I thought I went to uni a bit later, probably like 20, 21. Which uh, uni did you go to? Westminster. Uh, oh, hello. <laughs> I was as excited when I got the application. For it, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be living in fucking Big Ben. And I get there and it's in Harrow. So <laughs> I had no idea where that was. Uh but that was, I didn't, you know, it was kind of like a mix of business management and production and a bit of everything, really. Uh, and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I put on, I remembered, had to remember this yesterday. I put on my first event at uni at the club, which was called Area 51. Nice. Oh, yes, please. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, very much. <laughs> uh, and it was um, Little Man Tate. Remember Ooh. those? Guys? Yeah, I remember those guys. Yeah, Little Man Tate. And I think, I think... They were supported by Milburn, or it was the other way around. I can't remember. But I organised it through the SU. And probably like a lot of people, to be honest, you you realise you can make a bit of coin. And yeah. <laughs> I think it was like five quid tickets, and I took like 90%. <laughs> like, <laughs> like six. <laughs> Oversold it like 200%. <laughs> uh, but that was like my first inkling to, oh, there's some money in this. Mm-hmm. And then where am I going to go now? What am I going to do? I then got like... Where did I go? Uh, I got an internship at Cargo Records, which was a bit different, just doing distribution and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I was working at, um, I started on an internship uh, for Mean Fiddler at The Great Escape. Nice. Um, and that's when I first started like repping shows and 
yeah, being sort of responsible, I guess, for live stuff. Not really. Did promote... you did you rep at the Great Escape? Yeah, I did a load. I think like two thousand seven might be my first one. Two thousand and eight. Right. They were pretty. I kind. Of, I feel like I got off lightly there because I was just sort of. I was always like at the Funky Buddha for some reason when it was the Funky or whatever it was after that. If after it closed for a couple of years. Which and one was then... Funky Buddha? Was that on the seafront? On the yeah. ramp. Yeah, that was the one going up the ramp. Yeah, and then. I think I did a Maccabee show as well, which was in what's the club? Honey Club. Oh fucking hell! Now you're going yeah, back. That's now. Oh, that was that's become Shoosh on the Shoosh. Yeah, it yeah. Did. But it was Honey yeah. Club. Yeah. Yeah, there's Maccabees in there, but yeah, just bits and bobs, and you know, just standing mm-hmm. around with the radio, just sort of like pretending you know what you're doing, and just smoking fags and drinking beers, really. Um, yeah. That was kind of like a good baptism by fire, really, because it was fairly light. I used to remember listening to, uh, like, hearing reps on Great Escape just being like, yeah, we've run out of beers here, we need more beers. <laughs> All the time, just, like, cases of, like, interns just running beers to the reps. So just getting good. red stripe, that's all I remember doing, is just getting red stripe, like, and just telling, just because there'd be people loading stuff everywhere. Like, yeah, yeah, in there, mate, you know, pretending <laughs> like I'm a builder or something. Like, <laughs> you know, it was pretty easy, but <laughs> got, like, the good kind of vibe that yeah. this would be fun. And then you actually start repping shows on your own. On your own, you realise this is not fun. This house. <laughs> I'm terrible at this. <laughs> uh, and then I think after that, um, and I got the gig at Comedia, your gaff, Tom. Yeah, and I was uh, programming in there, and sort of like a mixture of promoting and programming and repping and just again learning it by the seat of your pants, really. Did they um did, was the upstairs still at Comedia when you were there? So we had the upstairs at Comedia, yeah. the cinema now. Yeah. Um, so that was five hundred caps standing, mm-hmm. and it was it was that like was great venue. It was beautiful because they had the, you know with three spaces. It was obviously, you know, they got a lump. Like whatever happened financially, they got they needed that money, but mm. it was an incredible thing to have. Like yeah, as an asset, and some of the big. I'm just trying to remember all the stuff that's coming back to me now. I just saw today Liz Sevy Fowler got a new album out or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I remember him crowd surfing all the way through, having a shot at the bar and then crowd surfing back to the stage. Hey, this is, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> There's some yeah. amazing pictures of um, the Dirty Three up there as well with Josh T. Pearson supporting. Wow. That. that was an amazing show. I, I think there's a picture of Warren Ellis is spitting all over the curtains. <laughs> yeah, okay. Lovely. <laughs> The first one that I was like really proud of of getting in there that was Chaz and Dave. Like, I managed to get them down for three days. Absolutely. Wow! And it was like it was seated, but after the first show, they just we just took all the seats out because I think everyone from like Whitehawk and Worthing and anywhere that wasn't Brighton turned up basically, and it yeah. was it was like darts. It was like yeah. the darts final. It was just <laughs> so good, so like. But I didn't realize they didn't like each other at that point. And then they, I don't know. No, you wouldn't have had the. So there was two dress rooms. There was an upstairs and downstairs. Mm, and they, yeah, yeah. They would sit. They wouldn't sit near each other. Right. Oh, that's great. I love. I love stuff like that. I remember a band I did. Uh, <laughs> Nightliner each. You know the classic. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's nuts, isn't it? The, the waste. Yeah. Yeah. Five you... grand a week down the shit just because you yeah, won't yeah, talk yeah. to each other. <laughs> Yeah, Comedia was a good one. That was a good gig. I learned a lot at that place. Um, where did you go from... So where did you leave that for? So then I went to... There was a venue on the south coast called the Della War, which um, was in Bexhill. Uh, Beautiful venue. Yeah. Yeah, I was really lucky to get that. I mean, I blagged the shit out of the interview, managed to get it. Um, <laughs> and the idea was to kind of bring in... I knew there was an opportunity there to like to do cool stuff and yep. to program what I wanted and to get a crowd over. And it took me, I mean, so much weird stuff. I was there for seven years, and I think was it seven I, years, yeah, seven years. I think I learned so much there, having to learn it just by, just by trade, just by doing it. Yeah, you know, because there is no rule book to any of this, is there? No, because um, obviously you're not on like the main touring circuit like how did you find like getting the the, the cooler stuff translating back to or was it like oh you need to come and do this like how hard did you find that so that was that was that was the meat and the potatoes of it just trying to get that across to people to agents like mm-hmm. i thought i knew 
what I was talking about in terms of what was, ugh, I don't want to use the word cool because I'm 40 years old. Um, like what was, what, fuck it, what was cool? And what would sell to a new audience and to build yeah. a new audience? And the grounds I had to do that on was this art gallery that we had, this ethos that this venue potentially had. And I was like, look, I believe in it. I'm here. I think I know what I'm talking about. I'll pay you. I know how to promote this. I actually didn't. And we'll, we'll sell some tickets and we'll get a new, you know, a new location on the map. And I will outdo Brighton. That was always my signing off piece. I will yeah. do Brighton. Fuck Brighton. I, I will outdo this place. I mean, I five times out of 10, I did. That was lucky. Yeah. But that was the selling point where you just got to just got to be persistent. It took me like a good two or three years to start getting good bands through the door. Yeah. Yeah. Any particular highlights? Oh, Napalm Death, definitely. Nice, lovely, lovely guys. Napalm Death blowing up a. It was like this art installation. This artist called Keith Harrison built this ceramic, like twenty foot tall. It was like the size of the venue um, structure. They looked like buildings that he grew up in, like a housing estate in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. And out the top of it had liquid clay that were built into speakers that when the band played through it would spill out down the speakers. And it would like someone had come up with the idea Unreal. and they couldn't make it happen. I was Napalm Death are like one of my all time favorite bands. So I got onto them and I was just like, look, you, I, I, whatever you want, I'll do it. Yeah. Hey, whatever you want, you know, just come here. And we fucking did it. And it was right. like, it went so badly <laughs> that it actually ended up being brilliant because the point of this thing, the structure had tiles built, like plastered all over it that were supposed to crumble and fall down all sort of like, you know, artistic yeah, yeah. whilst yeah. Napalm Death. But what actually happened is that the fucking tiler was so good that he did too good a job and none of these tiles fell off whilst Napalm... And we were like... Turning, it was like I think we got it to 115 dB. Wow, <laughs> which was like illegal, and we were like, like the glass was sh- like waving, and like people were just like people were walking out. Was, we couldn't make that. We couldn't move them. So then we had these barriers round it, and people got so pissed off that nothing was happening. They just climbed over, and this one guy just jumped over and just started tearing it down and went like went mental. <laughs> and the security guys went. I was like, now nah, leave him. And they're like, he's gonna kill him. I was like, I'll take the risk. It's fine. <laughs> So it's smashing it, and then the band saw it. They were like, "Fuck yeah!" And we're going crazy, and that's like that made it. And I bought the. I said to the guy, "Like, you come back for any gig you want, mate. You save that. You save that show." Amazing. That was was a particularly proud point, I think. Um, That's so good. I didn't know that. That's amazing. But just just getting like some of my favorite all time bands through the door, like um, television. Yeah, the OCs come through as well. You saved that show. We had the OCs, that should have happened in Brighton, but anyway, um, that was going to happen at a church? He put the church on, um, it was just off London Road. Tra- it was yeah. Clarendon Centre. Yeah. It, I think what had happened was, so they obviously, I think he put on the show years before, and he was kind of like, DIY promoter, didn't really know anything, but also didn't know enough to sort of get away with it. Um, so I think it it very quickly came up as announced on like the Haunt website and then disappeared. So either, And then... They, didn't, they 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 it, they weren't ready for a gig yet, and they had neighbours no. like the, it was it was totally un, like you could do an acoustic thing there, but like you're going to put OCs in there, yeah, yeah. like it would be fucking chaos, like it would be <laughs> so bad. Did they did they back out? Was it them? What the venue? Yeah, yeah. I rang the venue because um, I smelt like an in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like because you know at the time probably like everyone that was our age you know of that ilk just loved that band and everything they yeah. were doing they were blowing up so big so quickly yeah, yeah, yeah. and I just I got in touch with him and I got in touch with the agent I was like look the venue's here I'll sort it out Da-da-dum. I knew that as soon as I took it over I'd probably have to do most of the organising and it's fine I was like I don't care I just want the show here yeah, yeah. yeah. he booked a load of but I, I the one thing I said to him was like don't make don't book any buses it doesn't work yeah because just you just need to let people get the train over and make their own way back. Of course, on the day he he said, "Oh yeah, the buses." Oh mate, fuck <laughs> it. They'd undersold it, so we managed to like get a, anyway. Da da da. We managed to like get it to the correct level, get the deal right for him. But he booked like he did that thing. You know, it like promoted for some reason. 
when they're doing their first show, they're like, oh, we'll open doors at five and I'll put like six supports on or something. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why people come up with this idea. I honestly, it's insane, isn't it? So we had the doors open at five. Fuck it, was like, it was a week. That's, that's, that's going to sell. Yeah. What time did the first person turn up? Probably about nine. Like, yeah. And the fucking buses turned up. Because like, that's why you don't order buses, mate. Like, five o'clock then, doors. It was, oh. no, it was ridiculous. And then, there was, so it was fine. And then I kept saying, you know, what time are they here? We've got like, because we, we had to get a bit backline and some or something. And just, yeah. we had everything set for them. And he took kept saying like they're coming they're coming i was like mate have you spoken to them yet and he was like yeah i spoke to them yesterday and I was like, <laughs> yesterday <laughs> Day, right so i then rang the tm i was like mate whereabouts are you because like you know we'll, we're ready to go like you know he's like yeah. so is, is he not told you and i was like what are you talking about he's like we're in france mate i was like <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like 12 o'clock one o'clock <laughs> i then i'm then like right i'm just gonna have to talk to him so they they missed their boat, obviously. Of course. Um, <laughs> standard. Standard. And then, you know, it's, it's a good, he's a good TM. I'm sure you both worked with him. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name, but we were just on the phone to each other. I was like, right, you know, fortunately, these days, like those days. Didn't have carne or anything like that. Didn't have carne or anything like that, because that just gives me sweats now. Oh, yeah. But, we, you know, he got, we got them onto, like, the next ferry. And I think they were on at nine or half eight or something like that. But. It was eight o'clock and they still weren't there. And he was like, we're 10 minutes away. I was like, this is not going to happen. How am I going to yeah, do this? Am I going to pull this off? And, you know, full sold out venue. It's like people are like, those 15 support bands finished like two hours ago. They drink in the place. They, the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life is the band turn up in a, in a splitter with a trailer and that's it. Yeah. Run on, they literally run past me, go, Hey, mate, you know, hey, Ollie, how are you? They've all learned my name. I don't know who the fuck they are. Like, run past me with like cabs, drum yeah. kit, everything onto the stage. They've still got the two drummers, so they're like setting up, playing as they're setting up. And they just give me a cab. I plug a, plug a couple of cabs in. And yeah. also, his name is the lead singer, John Dwyer. Yeah, runs onto the stage, puts a bottle of Corona in his mouth downs it whilst doing the sound check and then just goes one, two, three, four and they stop playing and the place was jumped and it's like, it's the best thing I've ever seen in my life. It was They're the best. Fun. They're the absolute best. Like, I've never known a band do that so often and just like absolutely kill it. It's unreal that how they do it. They're so good. And they were really nice about it and they were really sweet and they just, I was like, mate, they all collapsed on the floor after. The I remember the same thing happened at the Dome, you know, where like, you know, venue manager comes on with a clipboard and goes... <laughs> Uh, we're running a bit late uh, we're going to get a, like a press release ready I'm like fucking just I say alright like this is this is fine they're, they're, they'll be fine this is what I do don't they just turn up like 15 minutes before just straight on yeah turn it on line check good stuff Done. it's really good stuff um, yeah so I guess you had when you were venue managing uh, Delawall um, you had like you know reps come in as well so you had that both sides of the coin so how was your how was your venue venue manager approach versus your rep approach? Did you prefer to just kind of watch other people sweat it out and you just go like, hey, I just I'm not going to get involved? Well, you want to push Yeah, of course. <laughs> I don't want to do it. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I probably some venue managers just just take over and they're like, oh yeah, like I've got this, like don't worry about it, and you can just have a chill day. You, well, yeah, I mean, I, I think for the first half of my tenancy there, I was I did everything because I was yeah. like, I've got like. Because it was a it was a real step up in just in terms of the sort of act and what they wanted, and that's when you get like riders through that are longer than two pages, and yeah. then ones that are like stapled together, and you open it, and you're like, this is a fucking encyclopedia, like Christ, this is like revision, you know, it's horrible. And then I after I kind of knew what I was doing, and I I wanted to fuck up. Does that make sense? Like mm-hmm. I wanted to make the mistakes because. When you're on your own, and I was like, I was, you know, literally doing everything there, and I had a good production team, good techs, and I was like, the only way I'm going to learn this is like at this level is just by doing it. Um, and then you're able to get in good reps and reps that I trusted, and you know, I still work with some of these people now. Nice. That, that you know, at that level, they've already done a lot of work, so they can operate and deal with. It's just people management. Yeah, it is. Yeah, dealing with people's like on a bad day dealing with their needs making sure the band or the act or whoever is has got what they want to get on the stage and do their thing that's basically yeah. it 
one of my favorite things that many managers do is when they give me uh like fan mail that comes through because they don't want to give it to the band <laughs> and uh they don't want to just plant it down your desk and be like oh yeah there you go can you take can you send that through is there anything that's happened to you in that in that in that vein where uh yeah i mean a lot of weird stuff a lot of weird stuff but i think yeah the one that obviously sticks out was um we got this cake delivered um from these like um japanese fans that have been waiting there all night um yeah and well, they, they've been waiting there all night and then they had something ordered in for the next day and so they bought a cake with them all right okay and they give me this cake and they, they take like you know to me it's like they've just made a nice thing here sure so, yeah I, yeah i mean you wouldn't think it, uh you know i take the cake through to the tour manager all fine like a couple of hours later i get this like screaming phone call from him oh get the fuck upstairs now i'm like what what have i done <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling the police and I'm like what? what's going on what's going on like you know what's happened and then someone runs out the room and he's like there's a ball of hair in the cake mate and I'm like what are you talking about <laughs> it's like a perfect and it's like it's like that show is this cake or whatever <laughs> and it's like a perfectly it's like one of those rubber band balls and it was like that of hair in the middle he's like Fuck. wow what the fuck is going on? It's like, I'm calling the police. I was like, don't call the police, mate. I don't know. I was like, someone's trying to poison the band. This is conspiracy. Like, and I was like, mate, it was like, that was within the first few years as well. That was like baptism by fire, where just big stuff would just happen. And I don't, I thought about it since like thinking about this podcast. I was like, did I do anything wrong to like initiate these situations? And I don't think I did, <laughs> unless they just saw me coming and they were like, we're going to do some weird stuff today. Oh, man, that's, that's outrageous. Unreal. That's unreal. That's unreal. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, but kudos to them for getting the hair in. I don't know how they got it in and got I've it baked. Got, I've got no idea. I've, I've had, I've had I guess you just put it in when it's sort of like a dough, don't you? Like, you know, it's. <laughs> don't you? Yeah, before. Yeah. Are you mixing it all up? That, I'd, I'd put it in then. Oh, uh, yeah. That was a funny one. <laughs> well, the time they realised, were doors open? Did you have to go and. Uh, yeah, it was like. I think it was either just before doors or at doors. I, went, I wasn't. I didn't. I didn't know what to think. I was like, "What are you gonna do? Go up to two girls and be like, did you did you put hair in that cake?'" He was like, "Go and find them." I was like, "I, I, I can't go and segregate like an Asian community the of the crowd." Uh, or just, why is there? There's uh, two Asian ladies in here that have, you know, I couldn't. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh yeah, we can't find them. We've got the curio out looking." <laughs> oh, 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 okay. um, Oli, have you got um, have you got a favorite venue in the UK? Or actually, in the world. I mean, I I thought about this because it's like it's really, really difficult to pin down one. I think so. I've come for a couple, if that's all right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, I think just from like a nostalgic point of view, just growing up, like it's got to probably got to be the three bar in Brighton, mm-hmm. just because of what I saw. You know, Future Islands with me and two other people in the crowd, like the most, and just being. Like I can't believe what I'm watching. Like, how is nobody else in the world here right now? Like, kind yeah. of, yeah, yeah. And the bands that they were getting through, and the fact that those guys, you know, it was I was friends with the people who owned it, and mm-hmm. it was always like a lock in, or you know, it was it was just a really cool time, and like I was just battered for about three years straight, and it was amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just because I guess, in probably because of what I do now, there's like. The Lead City Varieties is a great space. I love that. It's a beautiful venue if you've ever been there. It's like, just as a theatre, mm-hmm. even when you're touring people and you send them through there for their first time, it's like, it's just under 500 cap. It's in yeah. Lead. It's a beautiful old theatre. It always sells, like, nicely. And they walk in and the like, the tech guys are just, like, on point. Yeah. They, like, they always know what you want and the staff are just good. And it's just, like, I don't know. Nice. I, it's comfortable. Yeah, it's a beautiful room. Yeah. Um, but the weirdest and best one probably might be like the Shetland Art Centre, if I'm really getting Oh, neat. hello. Yes, <laughs> no one said that Talk yet. to us about the Shetland <laughs> Art Centre. <laughs> What's going on the Shetland Art Centre? I've done oh. a couple of shows up there, but it's like, I'm a real big, because I've done, a, you know, having torn a lot of like spoken word mm-hmm. stuff, a lot of community art centres, and they can be like... Whoa, yes, this is great. So they know what, they know what they're doing up there, but it's like, it's virgin on the cusp of not knowing what they're doing, but yeah. they've got a good programme, but they've still got volunteers serving Coke out of bottles behind the bar. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's comfy like your nan's house, 
but you can smoke fags outside. Yeah. Is this uh, is Shetland Arts Marie, the Mareel uh, Music Cinema and Education venue? Yeah. The Arts Centre. So I've done a couple of things in there and they just like, you know, they look up, they make their, you know, there was cake on the rider that nobody asked for and it was just like nice little touches like that. Lovely. They just, and there's like a community hub as well. They kind of keep the local place going. Um, we got a little bit sidetracked as well because um, we were talking about, you know, we got to Della War and uh, we, we, we've we missed a chunk after Della War. Um, so what, what's, what's been going on since then? You're, you're yeah. now working in a, like spoken word comedy yeah so that's when i moved away from the music side of things yeah all of hair would do it do you know what i mean i'm not being funny i kind of think working in a venue putting on music put me off working in music like records. it really did and i'm sure everyone's had that moment and i'm sure everyone's like christ almighty does the temperature need to be 27 degrees can you (laughs) breathe without it like i've had enough of this shit uh but I, I, yeah, having learnt chops at the Comedia, you know, it was a great venue and just working with comedy, I loved it. And I then went into promoting, came over to One Inch Badge, um, did a couple of years there, COVID, mm-hmm. and managed a venue that was close oh. to six months. <laughs> what a job. <laughs> so he nailed weird. it. <laughs> did you have to go down there? I was in there every day. <laughs> Why? <laughs> doing what? I had nothing to do. It was COVID, mate. Who's like... emailing you? Me. I was what were you doing? doing? Download Rome Total War and just shout oh, out. It was like because the it was they wanted to open it as a venue, and I put together this whole proposal. And I started getting in touch with people to like about what this could be and what you know put together mm-hmm. a plan, all this stuff. Put a paint. I painted half the room myself. <laughs> I got my dad down. We did the air conditioning. We turned <laughs> the air conditioning. Whilst it was empty, you know, all of this stuff. And they turn around like, oh, I haven't got any money. Sorry. <laughs> Incredible. And then I went to, um, I ran away to Bristol for a year, which was weird. Um, and I was looking after, there's like a spoken word agency up there that look after like, well, like, very specifically, TV presenters of nature programs. Right. Nice. Just... Monty Don? Monty Don, you looking after Monty? No, Monty was out of my uh, remit, although I've done a, I've done shows with Monty before. Um, very tall. Is it? Mm, I can get that. Yeah. Um, but like Steve Backshall and like Michaela Strackens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, and then I left there in a cloud of smoke. And just... <laughs> uh, came back down and then got a job as a promoter. Um, yeah, back into comedy and spoken word. And yeah, still a promoter now. Nice. So going into like, you know, theatres and art centres and stuff like that, the Shetland, any, anything specific about that venue that really like ticked the box of why it was uh, so good? I guess going to, you know, Shetland or whatever is pretty cool. Because I did this small run of like um, remote Scottish venues that most were like leisure centres and didn't and had like a rake in and that was it. And you had to sort everything out yourself. They had seats and staff. And to me, it was just, I think because that tour was so overwhelmingly stressful that I turned up, they had everything done. And it was just, they had made a Dundee cake. And I think it was the best thing I'd ever, <laughs> ever remembered and encountered. And they were all really lovely. And they sold tickets. And it was just, it, like I said, in the, they'd recommended this hotel that was actually right. like, that was owned by the partner who was the manager. And it was all really nice and connected. And I was like, I just want to live here. Like, yeah, am I leaving? These are just nice people. There's dolphins in the water. This is lovely. You know, that sounds it's... absolutely amazing. You know, when it's just like, why is everywhere else just such a fucking pain in the ass? Do you know, like, you not... go to somewhere like that, and you're like, oh, this is this is, I could do this. And mm. they were happy to have us. And like, you know, it was an. I think it was a novelty that the cinema wasn't on, and they had like a live show in, and it was like they were just nice. You know, it was just one yeah. of those ones. Yeah. All right. Fair. I think that's a good one. I don't think we're going to get that again. Maybe we'll... All right, let's go on to your rep shift then, Ollie. The worst rep shift I've ever had, yeah? Mm-hmm. This is the yeah, worst I mean, rep shift I've a... day at the office. Yeah. You've already, you've already, that, you've already told you. us about the, the hair and the cake, and it's not that, so this should be good. So I don't know if I should... I don't think I'm going to name the artist, just because... Okay future relationships maybe <laughs> <laughs> listening to chris's episodes he's kind of done the same thing so 
<laughs> I'll go follow suit, but you know, I might change my mind halfway through. But um, this was um, an act that I'd spent a long time trying to book, um, quite a, a big one for us, the venue at the time, and an agent just, you know... New artist or heritage? Uh, I mean, it probably wasn't like heritage, but established and, established. you know, a, a well-selling city artist. Yes. Yeah. But to them to like... You know, they had to Google where Bexhill was, basically, for, <laughs> which was the case for most people who turned up. So you're, you're in the Delaware, are you? Yeah, this is, sorry, yeah, in the Delaware, in Bexhill, probably about a year or two after I've been there. Um, throwing, trying to pretend like I know what I'm doing. Anyway, they managed to book the show and it unsurprisingly hadn't sold out straight out the doors, which I'd promised. Um, so you've, when you're up against that already, everybody's like on the back foot yeah i like i think as i got the rider over the tour, um the agent rang me and said good luck and i went what do you mean <laughs> and he said good luck with the tour manager and i was like you fucking oh man. no I, I googled it and it was the same tour manager i don't know if he like <laughs> He was the. T- I, I can't. That is horrible, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that is a horrible thing to say. Oh man, that's fucking brutal. I, like... I can't work out whether it was like good luck or <laughs> good luck. You know, like I wish you the best, or you fucking you need to sell this motherfucker. Good luck with the tour manager. Like he wanted to give me something shit. Like I don't mm-hmm. know if he actually went out of his way to order the worst tour manager ever because we weren't <laughs> selling. And it, I, I googled this guy, and he's like. He's the he was the tour manager for like probably one of the biggest American singers at the time, and you know huge yeah. national pop stars. So, so he, his expectations like right up there, and that's like he's got a level, and like he's not going to drop down from the level of like the biggest. Right, he can do what he wants. At that point, I really didn't know because I hadn't, I hadn't sort of come across that kind of thing. Yeah, and so I was just, I had like. I don't even know how we did it at that point, but I had like a video call with him. So I'm trying to think how we did that. So that was all pre-Zoom. But anyway, he, we, you know, even to me, that was strange. And he was he was asking me questions about me, about the event, you know, the town and everything. And I was like, this is weird. Like, what's this guy getting on about? Because he was, he was English, <laughs> but he was like, uh, he kind of looked like Rob Lowe. Like he was a very handsome man. But in, like uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, am I allowed to say that? <laughs> like really really like good looking really good looking but just inc- like just look through your soul and I was like what is good I have I from the conversation I had with him which is probably like six weeks out I was not I was not sleeping thinking about him <laughs> you know what I mean like he, he'd got he'd done his job by getting into my dreams like I was I was in fear already but you know it, it was <laughs> It was like, uh, I think it was only us and a London play. It wasn't a regular tour. Mm-hmm. I'd, that's how I'd got the show. Because I wouldn't... Warm able... up for the London one. Yeah, or just like, oh, you know, you're, you're down. Come and do this. Like, it's, yeah. you know, just come and see this cool venue that we got. Enjoy an ice cream by the seaside or something stupid like that. Like, that's how we normally did it. And then just getting this ride through, I was like... I'm going to have to spend 30 grand just kitting out the dressing rooms for this. Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> the amount of sofas she wanted, like, a sofa for the dog. You know, there was no dog in the end. No dog turned up. <laughs> it was things like, obviously, you've got to get taxis to and from everywhere. And this train station walk to Bexhill, the venue, it's 10 minutes. Yeah. So I'd said to him on the phone like the day before, I was like, oh, you guys can walk down. It's a lovely day. Because <laughs> everything was coming, you know, they were getting the train for some reason. Okay. That's a bit like, odd. Yeah, I know. All the, everything else was being loaded in. Normally all the trucks were turning up, but they were yeah. like getting the train in. So like, you could walk down and he, he lost it. He was like, how, like, how dare you make me walk to the venue? <laughs> I was like, all right, so we had to get these taxis and like... Obviously... Also, you're getting, a, like, if you're that way, Clone, wouldn't you get a taxi all the way from London? You know, you're getting the train. That's Southern Rail. Also, they're using the older carriages on that route. <laughs> yeah, not, you know what I mean? They're not the nicest Southern Rail trains. <laughs> I think she was seeing a friend in Brighton or something like that. It right. was a shorter journey that she'd made. 
because she'd stayed over somewhere. Um, but we had to get these taxis and obviously getting Bexhill taxis. Um, nothing turns up on time. So, you know, nothing's, nothing's arriving on time. I had to like, they wanted them sprayed with this perfume or for them to smell nice. So well, we the had taxis. Like, the taxis that she was <laughs> getting into. And it was just this <laughs> perfume. It was like a Chanel number 64 or whatever it is. And so we had to, <laughs> and I didn't have that. And I wasn't going to buy that. So I didn't yeah. have that. <laughs> <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't in my walk-in wardrobe. So <laughs> got that. Link's, Link's Africa in the back if you want that. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have that. That's fucking amazing. So I had to, like, on the day, I had to nip round and just ask the female staff what perfumes they had. And I was just spraying all the taxis to pick her up and bring her down. Um, and it was it was like a nightmare from the moment that he and she turned up. Because he'd obviously really wound her up about it. I think we were 80% sold. So, you know, we might get another 5% on the door. And I was like, look, it's mm-hmm. something. They were just pissed that it yeah. wasn't. And I was like, look. Hey, lovely. What do you want? A bit of room to move? Yeah, exactly. Perfect. Yeah, sounds great. You should say, the doors time. at five. Jobs are good in. <laughs> We've had 16 support on, so you're fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they bought really 3% want. each. You do the math. <laughs> oh, I'm going to use that next time. That's a good excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, she was just pissed even being there. Um and we bought all these flowers, like a big bouquet of flowers and like all this stuff. And she walked in and just looked at the flowers and said, I hate the flowers and she slammed the door. <laughs> wow. I was like, he, I'd set him up in a office, with, you know, loads of change rooms. He had his own office. Then mm-hmm. um, I was downstairs in my office. So I was like, I'm not going anywhere fucking near him today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He then walks downstairs with an iMac. <laughs> like he's not even got a, like a, a laptop an actual iMac he's bought an iMac bought an iMac and sits down next to me in my office and it's just it's like there game on You're, I'm, I'm fucking you today mate like <laughs> it's like has he bought this on the train I guess or no it would come in the, uh, it's come on the truck oh, oh um, that's a shame <laughs> and it would just I think it was, it was just her it was a solo thing um, so you know, we had a nice piano on in house, mm-hmm. luckily. And I'd run this by the production beforehand. It was like a, a Yamaha, whatever it was. And they were yeah. like, fine. She obviously, obviously walks on stage and goes, I'm not playing that. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> in my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, where can we get another piano? And I was like, well, Steinway or something, you know. They wanted a Steinway. Or yeah. something equivalent. I was like, look, it's it's a... It's a concert piano, and it's it's tuned. It's like it's four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also, you, and production of said yes, huh? And production of said yes, right? Like you've had the old clear advance that exactly. Like, and I I made you know I was get the iMac up here. Let's have a yeah yeah yeah. I'm just giving me cold sweats just thinking about this again. <laughs> horrible. Um, this is great. This is so good. And then. Yeah, she, you know, we're not playing that. And it took her... So her thing was just, like, walking through to the dressing room and slamming the door. And that was her way of saying, I'm not happy with something. Yeah. We could obviously hear it reverberate all the way down. So he would hear the door slam. He'd go up and talk to her, then come down and talk to me. And then I'd go off and fix the fucking problem, whatever it was. So we then, you know, we get through the piano thing. I can't remember how, like, you know, it's... That's the piano we've got. She's got to play it. She then says, I need three tunings. At that point, I'm like... <laughs> What do you mean? Because I didn't know what tuning, like you needed more than one tuning at that at that mm. stage. Like, I probably should have done. No, I, I think uh, no, I, I, I think that you have. I, I think the standard is is a tuning. Like, yeah, I mean, it's probably more. I mean, I think you I mean even Chris, you probably would know. Like, two tunings is probably a good shout. But well, it depends what time it was getting. It was getting in at like ten a.m. You have like one then, and then maybe one right before doors. But like. You know, I think there's a piano tuning app now. I really like the idea of you downloading that and just giving it a go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want free? I'll do you five if you want. I got all day. It's free, mate. Yeah, just you with this little like Apple. Just <laughs> bing, bing. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, right, that's ready for you. Oh, I wish we'd had the technology back then. That'd have been brilliant. Mm. Um, so I, the t- piano tuner guy was a local guy, and he was a really, really nice guy. Um, and he, you know, done all the classical stuff, so I knew him kind of well. Anyway, I got him on the blower, and I was like, 
mate, you've got to get down there now. He's like, I've already tuned it. And I was like, <laughs> go down and fucking now. <laughs> he, and he was like, I'm in the middle of it. Like, cause he was a, you know, a school teacher and a private. He's like, I'm in, in the middle of a lesson. I was like, mate, I'll give you 100 quid in the hand right now if you come down here. So he had to, he left this kid at his house, scooted on down to the venue. And I was like, you've got to stay until, until she's on the stage. Like, because I don't know what, and he just stayed, he literally, he was that nice. He sat on the side of the stage all night. Oh, that would have instantly gone from three, 100 to 300 for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I could have smelt your desperation. I reckon he could have got way more out of you. He, he, yeah, you're completely, he could have like <laughs> done me for everything then. I was just like, you've got to help me, man. <laughs> what a ledge. And yeah, everything was just going sort of chaotically wrong. And then she you know she, she we had a kitchen upstairs we had a fully working cafe restaurant and she wanted this uh all on all she had on a ride was like whatever salad and drinks and stuff and da 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 an omelet before she goes on stage just a plain omelet so i was just like checked with her what do you want and she was like just an omelet and then i talked to the tour manager i was like does she just want an omelet yeah. <laughs> just an omelet mate and i was like right and i talked to the chef the day before uh, Pete, lovely guy, absolute pisshead, which then becomes <laughs> which then becomes a problem because I go up to the kitchen and he's he's been on the cans, right? He's done the service, right? He's had I think he's probably had about three or four Cronenbergs by that point, so he's looking a bit leery. I'm like, can you just do an omelet with nothing on it, just salt of season, and that's it? He was like, so he he cooks it. I come and get it. I come downstairs and give it to her, and she goes absolutely ballistic after about 10 minutes. We hear the, the door slam, he comes down, well, he's next to me, you know, then going, like, what's what's the matter with the omelette? Like, it's got crap all over it, she hates it. Okay, fine, whatever, Let's go upstairs. This is probably another half an hour later, getting to do another, I was like, omelette, now. And he's probably, like, another two cans gone by then. <laughs> so he's, like, he's he's just getting into his civvies, and then puts, like, um, pepper on the outside, rather than in the omelette. So she can see it. So she can, but, but his like trailer thought is I can scrape this off. So, so I didn't even look at it. It's just like, you know, what are the big silver things that you put yeah, in? Yeah, yeah. Kosh. So it's just in a car. I'll just take it down. Da, 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 da. And then the same thing happens again. She goes absolutely mental. The manager sends me up. I then have to go up for a third time to get the omelette. And she's like, she's fucking screaming ballistic at this point. And he is, I think he, I reckon he probably had about eight or nine, eight or nine cans by that point. And was just, because he was only, I said to him like, every time, it's like, you can't leave until I say you can go. Because I knew there'd be a problem with it. And I I, leave, I stupidly leave it another 40 minutes or half an hour before I get back up. So he's had time to get some more cans in. <laughs> he's, he's absolutely done by this point. So I'm like, right, I've got to make the omelette. So I make the omelette. And I'm just like, I don't know why in my life I did this. I don't know whether it's like, just, I wanted to revoke, like, I wanted to, like, I don't know, rebel and put some chives on it. And I don't know what. I took it down and she opened the door and she looked at it and she went, do you hate people? And I was like, oh, my God, what? <laughs> like, dead in the eyes, do you hate people? Slapped oh, the door. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And he looked at it and he went, it's the chives. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. He opens the door and she is rolling around on the floor, screaming like a 12 year old. And it's the weird. I still got to have the image. Like, wow. she's, like, like the world's just fucked up. And I, I was just like out of my mind. I then find the sous chef. He gets the omelette done, gets it to her. And it's like, she, I'd never hear anything about it again. And then <laughs> by this point, I'm like, I'm on my last last breath and I'm I don't I don't know what else is going to go wrong and it it feels it's it's probably not that bad at this stage it just no feels... it's so stressful I I'm, I'm I'm I've got the the the, the hand sweats <laughs> honestly so unnecessarily stressful yeah people who don't do this job like don't realize how like like the 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 stress of it all because that goes back to whoever and whoever and then suddenly that's your job and your career and your venue everything you work for but because of you know someone's you know, whatever that might be. Someone like, put chives on the omelette. Exactly. Said plain on it. You know, like, but that's 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 all it can take for you to have like the most stressful yeah. experience of your life. And especially if you've got a TM that's practically leaning into the fact that he knows that you're anxious already. <laughs> By this point, I think we're probably about an hour away from stage time. 
So like the manager then turns up, the actual manager, and he's flown in from wherever for the London show and he's come down. Yeah. And he takes takes me to a side room, doesn't even introduce himself, says, well, he does, he says, the manager says, come in here. Shows me on a computer the Brighton Argos, like there's an article just about it. Just, you know, just like a normal promo mm-hmm. show article. It says, I need this taken down now. Say so clock at night, mate. Like, what? <laughs> right enough, do you mean to ring out the Argus? So I, so, I, so I had to pretend to ring. <laughs> you standing there watching me. I had to pretend. Like, I don't know. Who, I think I rang a mate. I don't know who it was, but like, I was just like, yeah, hi, Chris. Da-da-da, whoever, like, Dolly, got to get the article taken down, mate. She's not happy. <laughs> really not happy. I'm with the mat. Yeah, I know. I'm on the phone, mate. Yeah, yeah. Like, you're gonna do it brilliant okay nice one mate yeah do you want to come along tonight cool see you there cheers mate it's obviously oh, taken down, but like it was just and I, at that point i'm just freaking out what else can happen i walk into the where we've got um extra catering for uh crew we've got this whole kind of catering area mm-hmm. i walk back out and one of them just i just hear it in the background going like he's a fucking cunt isn't he to me like just about me and i'm just like <laughs> wait <laughs> what's wrong with people why why am i doing this job i've not had anything to eat i've just survived on fags all day that's it fags and cans of coke and it was she was she was an absolute horror like i don't want to say vile because she was obviously having a bad day or something you know yeah you know going through perhaps she didn't want to be there and then as you know given because I'm repping the show and I, I give them like, okay, we've got five minutes, collect them for stage. Yeah. We, you know, we walk out and we're on the side of stage. And she, she went, you fucked this today. And just looked me dead <laughs> in the eyes. And then <laughs> walked on stage and had the happiest time I've ever seen of anyone. It was just, oh, <laughs> wow. She just changed them. And she was like, la, 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 la. Just started playing fucking piano. <laughs> it's just, and they all blew it out. And afterwards. You're, you're broken. I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I'm never, I think, that was the beginning of my falling out of music. <laughs> After that, we it, the show went brilliantly. She smashed it. Everyone had a great time. It was fine. Yeah. She made money. Um, drinks after. Happy days. Oh, no fucking drinks. I was, uh, I was, the tour managers came up, shook my hand after to went, you did all right today. And I was like, wow. Fair play. Evil, evil bastard. Like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was, Again, probably like a baptism by fire because I probably took on too much by myself. There was probably a lot I didn't know or understand. Yeah. I thought I could just maybe wing some stuff. The, uh, uh, you know, it's hard to say no, right? When you're when you're starting out and just be like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> exactly, and it was which it is was totally like... fine to do. You could just be like, I'm not doing that. That's that's madness. I'm not I'm not spraying. You know, <laughs> yeah, number forty six or whatever. And this sort of. What, 01273 dialer cab from fucking Bex Hill. <laughs> you would have spent it with Chanel. Some guy called Dino's like, what's oh, yeah, yeah, that going yeah, in, mate? Yeah. <laughs> Tom, are you, are, you cooking, are you cooking an omelette up? Yeah, no, well, well, I, 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 I'd like to think I would, but I'm doing them at home most nights here and they're not getting any better. <laughs> so she would have been fucking raging at me. I've sometimes got to split mine in half just to make sure they're cooked. I'm so worried about it. Yeah, yeah, no way. Yeah, how's your omelette game? That was my next question to every rep that came through. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but wow, yeah. that was oh, a man. That's that's uh... that's pretty bad. Someone calling me a cunt when I'm trying my best to just do really, you know, things you have that are really absurd in the first place. Really, I think that would break me. <laughs> I think I'd just start crying. I mean, it was you know he he knew he had me. He knew he had me. It was the weight of the guy. It was the weight of the artist. Mm-hmm. How much I had to lose. He was never gonna. I don't know. I mean, it's it's like I was doing something. It felt like I was doing something illegal. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. The way that I was operating, like how have I? How am I misreading everything? This <laughs> is ridiculous. But he he just wanted because he's probably been through it. Fair play, uh, man. I yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I would have gone. <laughs> um, it's always like that. I'd sort of say that level of artist that comes with expectancies and particularly probably because of where we were regionally and what the venue was, they mm-hmm. thought we, we got, I, we got good really quick. Like yeah, you're I, going to, aren't you? 
Oh, I want, you know, I want them to be a really good place that people come from, right? And then we've got a good reputation. I think I've, uh, we've probably already discussed your favourite chef. Is it the OCs? Um, that might have been one of them, yeah. Uh, I think probably not music. For some reason, it was like uh, Adam Hills. You know, the comedian? Mm. Um, he just, he was just such an, I went, you know, went bowling with him. Um, <laughs> so he was like, he was kind of in this phase. He just got sort of fame and it was just him. And this is why I moved into comedy, mate. You know, it was just him and a tour manager turn up an hour before stage time. And, you know, that's it. Mm. And they, they got there a bit early and I was just sitting around just chatting with them. We just, we just like went bowling for an hour. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a good gig, isn't it? TMing, TMing a comedian, if the comedian's all right. Lovely. Two hours yeah, from London, you drive home. One. Anything else, you get a hotel. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. High ticket price, lovely. And and you you you're playing those those regional art centres and stuff. Some real nice, real nice buildings, little towns. I'd be well up for that. And they're they're generally they're generally nicer people. And mm. I'm probably going to get slated for that because I'm on a fucking music podcast. But I, <laughs> I get booking agents in comedy. It's sign off with a kiss. It's a different world altogether. <laughs> exactly. Full sentences, kisses. Great. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> But Tom to back me up on this because he's in my room. name. Yeah. Wicked, brilliant. <laughs> That's a good start. My yeah. name. Hello. My, hello and my name in one email. Oh, yes, yes, we can improve the deal. <laughs> I think that I think that's the way we're all headed, isn't it, Tom? Into, yeah, yeah, into yeah, yeah. Podcasts and comedy tours seems like an absolute breeze. Oh, mate, yeah, I've done a few rep shifts for for comedy stuff. Um, just so nice. Because it's just like, like you said, they're usually nicer people. Like, it's just way more chill. There is no riders. Like, it's like water and, and, and an iron, maybe. You know, that's kind of yeah. what people ask for. So, like, and, and at certain levels, they really could ask for, for more. And, and people aren't, you know. But, yeah, man, it's just it's just great. And you get to hang out. And, the, and you sort of, I, I remember doing um, a show for Josh Wolf uh, with his son supporting. Yeah. And they had, like, two dressing rooms. Uh, backstage so I used one of my office and then we just kept the doors open and we're just sort of chatting to each other the whole time lovely and then, and then like at the interval I mean they spent most of the time pre-show sort of curating one of the fattest blunts I've ever seen with my <laughs> own eyes right? and they're like uh like, you know just that's fine but you know obviously just so you're aware like don't smell it if anywhere near the venue maybe go around the corner or something if you're gonna do that and, and if anyone comes back here just you know maybe put it away don't be so brazen like, yeah yeah no worries that you trying to be cool huh that you trying to be cool just uh yeah smoke it but you know uh... yeah, yeah yeah don't worry yeah obviously it's fine with me guys but you know just it's the it's the head of security uh malachi he's he's not gonna be a happy guy uh so if you wouldn't mind going around by the dumpling place i'm trying to have a great but, but I remember being like, yeah, it's just, you know, obviously just, I, I, I've never worked at the venue before. I don't know if they're just going to turn around and be like, what the fuck's going on? You know, I, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. If they're just going to be fine with it. And then, um, duty manager, one, one of the duty managers is, is slightly later and it comes down to introduce himself like, Christ, it smells like weed down here, doesn't it? And it's like, and then just walks off and I'm like, okay, we're fine. Yeah, this is fine. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then at the interval, they were just like, oh, we're just going to go out and smoke this then. And I was like, okay, we'll just be back in 10 because, you know, 50 minute interval. And like, Do you want to come? And I was like, no way. Like, absolutely, like the idea of like something ever go wrong in that second half and I've just absolutely <laughs> posted because I was like, uh, whatever. Uh, you did so- think about it for a second though, didn't oh, you? Of course I thought about it for a second. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know, I'm always one for the story rather than, you know, than, than say no. But I just could see this sort of situation, something going biblically wrong and me sort of having to announce on stage or something that, you know, Josh has come down with something and they can't go back on and I'm just completely fucked. Josh has pulled a whitey, so have I. Yeah, yeah, and I'm about to as well. So if you could all vacate really quickly. Now, the most important question. Uh, yeah. Um, you got, uh, well... It's kind of become two questions, so feel free to answer this how you like. Have you got? A, <laughs> it started off as um. Have you got a favourite meal deal? So we'll just you know you're in Tesco. What's your meal deal? <laughs> you're all right, Chris. And then just favourite meal. Where do you, particular restaurant for a particular venue? I kind of want to know both now. I want to know what people's meal deal go to is, and a particular <laughs> restaurant that you might like to frequent when 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 repping. I don't know if I can help you out on the meal deal thing. I, I barely eating, know. Eating too clean. 
eating too clean. No, I just I don't know if like I, I think as I stress myself out so much, I've never remembered any like meal, just fags. Really? You are? Oh yeah, that wasn't a joke. Just bags and Coca Cola. <laughs> just, okay. just fucking cigarettes, mate. That's all I'm <laughs> <for you. laughs> so. Uh... Any advice for anyone looking to get into the game? Oh, any new reps? Uh, and yeah, you can't say don't do it because everyone, um, everyone who comes on is like, yeah, don't do it. Yeah, I mean that's, I mean, it's a weird one. I, would, I guess you're going to be a rep because you probably want to do something else or you want to learn about the industry because it's, or you, you, you know, maybe you want to move into another position and that's not like slating anybody who just reps full time because like. Mm-hmm. You know, it can support whatever you want to do. Um, I think, I don't know, from my experience, it's just be courteous. Realise that there's no rule book to this thing. Not everybody, a lot of people want to come through the door and seem like they are right about everything, but just to sort of believe in your own decisions. Mm -hmm. That sounds a bit too... Nothing that's fair. Uh, yeah, you're right. And that's right what Chris said, right? It's like when you're starting out, it's it's almost an art of saying no sometimes as well. So actually trusting your gut and sort of going with it. Especially if it's venues and stuff. You know, people roll through from from you know the States or something and you're working in a venue that you've worked time and time again. Like you're probably gonna know, you know, the right thing to do. Yeah. And I think, you know, having what you know, you both know this as well, working with a lot of different reps everyone's different everyone's got a different style mm-hmm. yeah. i think it's kind of being a good rep is doing the work in the gray area is mm-hmm. like that unsaid unhidden stuff which sounds vague as fuck but it's making sure that evidence there when they're when they want it and asking for the right things at the right time getting them to the state you know nobody's ever said to me about time calls or this reminded me of like the first time I had to get someone a buyout and I was doing, I was working a show in London and the band was Easy World. Do you remember them? Oh no. Like they were, they had a minute. Full house. (laughs) They, they, I can't remember. It was either the artist or the rep. I had some money for the show that I was given. They were like, Oh, can you get us a buyout? I didn't know what a buyout meant. And I, you know, and I said, said, like, you know, what do you want to eat? And they were like, I don't know, we'll probably get a McDonald's or something. So I, I went to the McDonald's website and I calculated how much everything, what I could get for 60 quid. <laughs> wrote, wrote it out for them and said, is this what you want? And they were like, no, just give us the money, dickhead. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. I just, you know. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I don't know how I worded myself to get out of it. but 13 but, apple pies. <laughs> you can get 16 chicken burgers, but if you take one yeah, out, yeah. Big Mac in, you'll be fine. Now, the milkshake machine was broken, but I can go to the next nearest one if you need. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I just sort of like, you know, that bit where Homer walks back into the bush really slowly. Yeah, yeah, just like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, just just finding your own rhythm. Yeah, nice. Which is a vague excuse to get out of it. <laughs> Um, is there anything you'd like to see change or something you'd like to see implemented in the industry? Uh, I think probably for those like front facing, facing those people coming through the doors. Um, I think it's uh, just a little bit of courtesy is mm-hmm. a thing that goes all the way. If someone, I mean, again, you'll both know this and I'm pretty sure everyone who's going to be on this will say this, right? Someone walks through the door with a smile on their face and says, hello, you know, you're going to be 90% of the time. You're going to be fine. And it's not about blokes with their dicks out anymore. It's about giving everyone a fucking space, you know, mm-hmm. amount of, you know, trying to get women to rep shows more, trying to get production tech to be not just white guys like us sitting here. It's, yeah, absolutely. That makes it a much nicer place for everybody. And I think that's what I'd like to see change a bit more. I think we can all agree on that. It's uh, it's getting you know, it's 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 slowly, slowly, slowly changing. But um, I think that like like Tom said in a couple of episodes back, where um, comedia doing you know stuff to get women into the venue to learn the trades, and um, sure. I think it's uh, I think you know more venues and more 
yeah, more awareness about getting into the industry. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that we can all agree on that. So under that, will we actually set up a rep union? That's not the first time we've heard that, is it? This is great. I think this is going to happen. <laughs> Do you know, because I'm going to have to employ these fuckers. I don't want to rep Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we need someone. <laughs> No, this is great. Go on. What's, what's... Keep the minds closed. <laughs> what's what's top of your list? What's what's your, what's on your agenda for the start of the union? For me, if I was leading a union, yeah, Tom's going to need like a meal deal budget in there and a break. Yeah, you got to got to have buyout for the for the rep. Got to got to be getting fed. A lot of unions used to have like um, Amex points, Nectar points. You could get your Tesco points in there as well. Oh yes, please. All right, notch up those bad boys. I'd say, you know, it's going to be a minimum wage, isn't it? It's going to be a minimum. <laughs> your, your first port of call is club card points. <laughs> <laughs> then minimum wage. Then minimum wage. I need to get, get your Avios. Got to get your Amex. <laughs> then we'll look at. Then we'll look at the money hourly. Sure. <laughs> are you signed up? Are you signed up for Tesco? Oh, God's giving back five percent. You've got to consider it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. If you were in a union, what would you want? I don't know. Just more time off. More time off. That's not how it works. Pretty sure it is, isn't it? <laughs> after after the last person said this, I thought about it, and um, I think that if you're in a situation that you feel uncomfortable with, you have the right to like not be there anymore without it impacting you. Like, well, like you can walk out and still get. Yeah, paid. so if a band just goes like, oh, you know, if if you're really young and you don't have to handle this stuff, like buying, you know, getting asked to buy drugs or doing whatever, you can. Yeah, just I mean, I'm, 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 I'm out of here. Like, this isn't my, this isn't for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, if you're or if someone in the crew calls you a cunt in the catering, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you be like, I'm not putting up with this. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not. You know, some some kid might actually go and do that, and then you know, get arrested, and that's their career done, right? Because some artists needed it. I just think that like. There's certain situations where you should be able to go. Do you know what? I'm done. This yeah. isn't. This isn't normal. Like this isn't for me, and I'm not going to be impacted. Or the the promoter, the agent isn't going to come back on me, and I'm going to lose my job for it because yeah. it happens too often. What like a veto moment? Yeah, just be like, no. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I think I that... know the first time I got asked to buy drugs, and I thought it was the coolest thing that had ever happened to me. I was just like. <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly who to go to now. <laughs> I've made it. <laughs> they asked me, and I was like, uh, you, "You've got the totally wrong guy." Can <laughs> <laughs> talk to the lighting guy? <laughs> um, I think that's. Uh, oh no, we've got uh, uh, one more thing. Is there any new music, any uh, new live shows you've seen that you want to give a shout out to, or comedians? You know, you're not in the music game anymore, so. Um... Yeah, anything you've seen recently that's been an absolute tick from your end? Um, <clears throat> Comedy-wise. Uh, I mean, anything like... Do you know this Stamp Town guys, Tom? Oh, man, yeah. Love that. Anything they do. Yeah, yeah. What was that, sorry? Do you know Stamp them? Town. They're like a comedy collective. They're um, I mean, okay. based, but a lot of them perform over here, and I've been lucky to work with some of them, but they're just great, man, everything they do. Um, and also, like, anything they get, like... You know, everything they produced up in Edinburgh and stuff, right? I think this last time I was at Fringe, I they did a they did a um like a flyer that got circulated that had all their shows, and I just end up just hitting most of my time with with stuff they did because you just know it's gonna fly, right? You just know it's gonna be so good. Yeah, hundred um, percent. They're doing so well as well, right? Those Stamp Town comedy nights are just blown up. Yeah, and they've got like a bit of a you know they've obviously got a bit of a cult following, but they're kind of like pushing over a little bit, and more people are taking a chance on them. But I don't think they'll ever get enormous hopefully not yeah. but they yeah they're just really cool and funny i, don't I feel know. like he could just end up breaking on tv at some point right and then it kind of just gets left as this sort of cult thing yeah i think you're right if one sort of breakout like live and jimmy kimmel or one of those yeah like people it'll... saturday night live stuff or something like yeah, comes in. Yeah. um yeah like they're pretty cool uh what have i been listening to uh a lot of prog like just really old... Yeah, just like old progs, and like I've gone, I've gone old, mate. Jazz fusion, yeah, I've gone fusion. I mean... Oh, Ollie, you're there. <laughs> yeah. you now. Slap bass, mate. Anything. <laughs> get it in, get it on. Yeah, fair enough. You in Balham outside your house smoking a cigarette, listening to fusion <laughs> jazz. Fucking yeah, hell, that is not a scene I thought I'd be having on my Wednesday night. 
sorry, mate. Nothing cool to recommend. No, fair no. enough. We'll, we'll go with Stamptown. That's a good. That's a good chat. It's nice to get those guys uh, mentioned on here. Yeah, they're really cool, man. Yeah, so check them out. Go. Oh, Ollie, thanks you, so much for coming on. Are you up at Edinburgh this year? Are you up at Fringe? Yeah, yeah, I'll be up there. I've got some shows up there this year, so... Are you going to be up there, Chris? Yeah. 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 yeah.